Amen, amen, amen. He's alive, is he not? Luke's account says, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Go down here. <laughs> Luke's account says, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Amen. Come on. He's alive. Are you even awake this morning? If you hadn't come to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord, then why are you here? Is it because you wanted to dress up and look pretty and go to the egg hunt and all that stuff after a while? Look, I don't know what you've come to do, but I've come to celebrate. He ain't in that tomb. He ain't dead. He's alive. He's alive. And because he lives, guess what? I can too. Woo! I want to preach to you for a minute from Matthew 28. And it's going to preach itself. Basically all I'm going to need to do is read it. Some of y'all should have said, thank God. <clears throat> Matthew 28. While you're turning there, let me just inject this. God's Word is clear on every issue. Maybe sometimes your spiritual sight is blurred. But if you will seek Him, have an open ear spiritually to hear what the Spirit says... Illumination will come and understanding will come. But don't you quit. You persevere. You press in. You desire to hear the heart and mind of God. Because He wants you to understand. He's not the author of confusion. He wants your path to be well lit. Your understanding to be keen and sharp so that you're aware of all of the tricks of the devil so that the spirit that lives in you can give you discernment to be on guard and to be on the offensive see there are times we need to be on guard for the traps and tricks of the devil and then there are times that we need to take the offensive and to go and to be and to speak and to do, I want to encourage you this morning, this has absolutely nothing to do with an Easter message, but I want to share it with you. Stop trying to be good. Did you say that, preacher? I did. Stop trying to be good, Robbie. You're right Nowhere in God's Word do I see where Jesus tried to be good. It said He went about doing good. If you will get so consumed with doing what you know to do that comes from the Word of God, you won't have time to be bad. So stop trying to be good and be a doer of the Word. Do what's good. Do what's right. Do what's acceptable in the sight of God. And watch your spirit man grow. Matthew 28. <clears throat> in the end of the Sabbath as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week. Time out. 
I want to inject something. If you go back into Genesis chapter 1, at the creation, on the first day of the week, God says, let there be light. <laughs> now we have a new dispensation of time about to begin called the New Testament. A new, a new and better covenant being written. And on the first day of the week, Jesus, the light of the world, steps out of the darkness of death and the darkness of, to, of the tomb to shine forth the light of God into a world of darkness to give you and I illumination in our path can be lit and we can walk the way that we're to walk. Think it not strange that on the first day of the week came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and he came and rolled back the stone from the door and set upon it. His countenance was like lightning, his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. Those mighty Roman guards fainted. <laughs> oh. And the angel answered and he said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here. For he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, and there you shall see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Pretty much the entirety of the gospel message is encompassed in the verses that we just read. And I want to point some of them, some of them out to you. In verse 5 we see the words, Fear not you or ye. This is a message of personal comfort and personal peace. Didn't Jesus not say, that my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, but give I you my peace. I make mention of the fact all of the time, the best illustration I see is when Jesus was on the sea with his disciples and the storm was raging and his disciples were in fear that they were about to be overcome and sink and die. What was Jesus doing? He was asleep on the brow of the ship. Because he had no fear... He was not worried. Anxiety had not taken over. Stress had not taken over. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's the God of Peace that surpasses understanding. He's our very present help in the time of trouble. But why was he using this phrase, fear not, at this particular time? 
Not only was it a message to transcend throughout the ages to you and I, in this world of stress and chaos for us to not fear, but I believe specifically to those disciples he was, who had put all of their trust and all of their confidence in him. Remember, they'd left their boats and nets to follow him. They'd quit their jobs to follow him and to watch and to see because they were convinced. Are you? They were convinced that he was the Messiah. That he was the Christ. He was the anointed one. He was the one to come to be the king. And now he's dead. Up until this morning. That's why the angel greets him with the first words were, Fear not. It's going to be okay. He hadn't forsaken you. He hasn't left you. You're not on your own. You're not going to be overcome. You're not going to be overrun. You're not going to be defeated. Don't be afraid. That message permeates and should permeate throughout the kingdom of God this present day. Fear not. Put your hope, your confidence, your trust in the one that you can rest assured will not fail you. Will not leave you. Will not forsake you like they forsook him just a few nights earlier. We remember, remember we read that Thursday? How they all forsook him. Some denied him. Some betrayed him. But now he's saying, I got this. Fear not. Secondly, we see also in verse 6, a message of personal assurance when he says, Come, see for yourself. That invitation still holds in 2019. Come. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Come. See that the tomb is still empty. Come. See that he has defeated death, hell, and the grave. Come. See for yourself the peace of God that surpasses understanding. Come. See for yourself the forgiveness of sins. Come. See for yourself the God of hope is alive and he's present and he's available to you. Therein is the message of completion. Remember he hung on that cross and he says those words, it is finished. Nothing else has to be done. P.S. Except to receive it. I have a gift called the gift of eternal life. That I want to give you. But you must receive it. It's a message of completion. It's not by your works. It's not by might. Nor by power. But it's by the spirit of the living God. That we have life eternal. When the blood that Jesus shed. Even before he got to the cross. At the, even before the whipping post. Come on I'm getting, I'm getting my theology right here right now. Remember when they blindfolded him and punched him and were saying prophesy unto us who it is that hits you? I don't think you can stand there and hit a man in the mouth and his lips not bleed. I don't think that he can take the beating that he took even before he got to the whipping post and not bleed. But yet at the whipping post when they whipped him unmercifully. And some accounts say beyond recognition. The blood flowed all the way to Calvary and yet Continued to flow on Calvary. 
for the sins of mankind. I might inject quickly part of the vision God gave me when this all started, and some of you know the story, some of you don't. I never wanted to pastor a church. Still don't. I'm being serious. I'm not trying to be funny. I, I never wanted that. But I do want what God will for my life is. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God spoke to me to build this place. And when it all began, it was 2.02 in the morning and I awakened out of a sound sleep. And beside my bed, a hand came up to the edge of my bed and there was blood dripping off of that hand. This ties in with what I just tried to point I'm trying to make. And the blood dripped, ran to the floor, and then another hand did this and there was a little flicker of fire. And then it was like a cloud face kind of went... And that little flicker of fire became a huge fireball that lit up my whole room and it left. Well, that was the first vision I'd ever had, and I'm glad I had one because old men dream, dream, young men see visions. <laughs> but I got up and I walked out on the front porch in my underwear. Mike and Janine was asleep. And I sat down there, me and that blue healer dog, and I said, Lord, what are you trying to say? I knew I'd had a spiritual experience. And behind me on my right side, I heard an audible voice as it was like you turned on a video camera because here it came again. And when that hand came down up in front of me and that blood began to flow, I heard God say, soon many will come that need the cleansing of my blood. And there's more than enough for all that come. He said, even now the fire of my spirit burns in your midst and I'm about to breathe on you. And you're going to see things you've only dreamed of and prayed for and it was gone. And I'll share the rest of that story with you some other point. My point is this. That blood started flowing before he got on that cross and it has not stopped flowing to this present day. And there's more than enough for all that come. There's more than enough for all that come. Though your sins be as scarlet, they can be washed white as snow. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing wrong with good works. Nothing wrong with giving money. Nothing wrong with singing, preaching, teaching, whatever it is. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But none of that saves you. We're saved one way. By grace. Through faith. In the shed blood of Jesus, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord that we celebrate today. That's why I said get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is alive. Whew. Thirdly, in verse 7, we read the words, go quickly and tell. This is a message of personal responsibility. You don't have to be a theologian, but you do have to have a first-hand experience with the Lord you have to have a personal encounter with him so that when just like in the court of law when you put your hand on the Bible and you promise to give a first-hand account of being a witness to an accident or whatever they're not after hearsay they're not after what you heard they want to know what you saw they want to know what you know in your knower to be fact 
So we don't all have to be theologians and teachers and preachers and singers and that kind of stuff. But we all have to have that personal story of let me tell you what Jesus has done in my life. I often make mention of the fact of that blind man that was born blind. And he was healed and they want to use his testimony against Jesus because see Jesus healed him on the Sabbath. That upset him. And they call this man in and they ask him, by what authority or what power do you see? <laughs> this guy had to be a cowboy. Because <laughs> he went, I don't know. But this one thing I do know, I once was blind. But now I see. Had a man stop me in the hall Thursday night before I came out here and he says, I just want to share with you. Today, I went to the doctor in six years. Six years! I'm cancer-free. Other stories I've heard of people, and I share my own as to how oh, they were once an alcoholic or a drug addict or their marriage was destroyed and God put it back together and delivered them, etc., etc., etc. You see, that's what people are interested in. They're interested in hearing your, your story. How in a jail cell, in a prison, God speaks to you, does He not, Donovan? Changes your life. Forgives your past. Gives you a hope and a future. Makes you a new creation. See, what Donovan used to do, that ain't even him. That was an old man. He's a new creation in Christ. And you can be, if you haven't yet done so. But you have the personal responsibility to tell those what God has done in your life. And then we see in verse 7 also the words, He has risen from the dead. This is a message of the victory of Jesus over death, hell, and the grave. That's why when we sing that song, Victory in Jesus, we ought to get all excited. Because not only did he defeat death, hell, and the grave, but he's having victory after victory after victory after victory, day after day after day after day. Did you know you think Perry Mason was something because he never lost a case? Jesus ain't never lost. And he never will. Because Matthew 28, a little further on, we're not going to read that far today, but he says, All power. Man, that fires me up. All power in heaven and earth is mine. Not limited power. Not some power. Not occasional power. Not just certain kinds of power. All power. The kind that speaks and things happen. The kind that just touches and things happen. The kind that just walks in the room. Just his presence, things happen. Say, better prove that one, preacher. Okay. Remember when they were wanting to throw him over the cliff? Stone him and kill him? He just walked right among them. They couldn't do nothing. You think Billy Jack was bad? (laughs) That's one of my all-time favorite movies. That line where Billy Jack's talking to them bikers, and he says, you know... I'm going to take this right foot and put it in your left ear, and there ain't a thing you can do about it. (laughs) I got news for you. All the demons in hell and the devil himself are of no threat 
to Jesus because all power is his. Even at the sound of his name, demons tremble. That hadn't changed, folks. No matter what demons have been assigned to attack you, your home, your business, your kids, I want you to know they must submit to the authority of the name of Jesus. It's a message of victory. Verse 7, another point, it says, He goeth before you. This is a message of provisions, of resources. When you get there, things will already have been taken care of. This is a message of the resources of finances, physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. He takes care of our needs. Whew. He takes care of our needs, Andy. We can trust the Lord. I think the word is acronym, where letters mean something. The Lord, let me see one time where that word trust, T-R-U-S-T, means to rely upon someone totally. We can trust the Lord to do what's right on time, every time, if I look to Him, the author and the finisher of my faith. He is the God of our provisions and our resources. In Acts chapter 1, well, first of all, it says over there in verse 8, uh, and they did, uh, they went to the sepulcher with fear and great joy. See, serving the Lord brings great joy. It brings great peace, but yes, it brings great joy. For in His presence there's fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. I want you to understand the difference. But you know, I try to make sure you know the difference in grace and mercy. Grace meaning God giving you what you don't deserve. Mercy meaning Him not giving you what you do deserve. Now, joy and happiness are two different things. Happiness is an emotional state based upon a circumstance or an event. Any of us in here that ever competed at anything, I know when, whenever I would occasionally win some money at a rope and it broke, made me happy. Because I wasn't going to have to listen to Glenda Fuss when I got home. <laughs> but that emotion rises and falls. It's a temporary thing. But the joy of the Lord it's constant. It's continuous. Because I know that no matter what I'm going through, no matter what's happening, when the smoke clears and the dust settles, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Because I've been in relationship with Him and I've been spending intimate time with Him. And in His presence there's what? Fullness of what? Joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You want to be strong? Quit staying alone. Get in the presence of God. Spend time with Him. Draw strength from His presence and from His voice and from His word. Let the joy of the Lord that surpasses understanding rule and reign in you. In Acts chapter 1, I'll close. Jesus has ascended. And His disciples are standing there and the angel of the Lord says, You men of Galilee, why stand you here gazing up into the heavens? Important part right here. This same Jesus, not another, 
This same Jesus shall come again in like manner as you have seen him go. Darian adds the joy to the hope that we have in Christ. And then a passage of scripture we preachers often use at funerals. John 14. In my and it's part of the resurrection. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Pay attention. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And to follow up on something Kelly said a while ago, yes, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess. And I don't think it's because he's going to pile drive them over the head. But I believe like that Roman soldier at the foot of the cross when Jesus took his last breath and died, he says, truly, this was the Son of God. I believe that time will come when every man for or woman for themselves stands before the Lord at judgment day and will not be able to help because of who he is, the aura, the power, the, what I don't even have the vocabulary to describe what you will experience and encounter at that moment, but at that moment you will go. I was wrong. He is Lord. He really is King of Kings. He really is all power. He really is love. And he sits on his throne and I was wrong. Then there will be others that will say, Oh Lord Jesus, so good to be home. So good to see you. And we hear him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into a place that I have prepared for you that's so grand and glorious you didn't even have the ability to envision what it's like. You may have to help me up now. <laughs> but to the other one, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. Would you bow your heads? Maybe you're in this place today and you came just because it was Easter and it was the thing to do. But in the last few moments the Lord has dealt with you and pricked your heart. And you'd say, Dennis, truly Jesus is the Son of God and He did die and He rose from the dead and I realize He's coming back to one day and that there will be a judgment day. And if that were to happen today, I, of my own choosing, would go to hell. But today I want to make a different choice. And I want to ask this risen Lord, this risen Savior, 
who died for me. I want to re receive that gift of life that he wants to give me. I want to ask him to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me. I want to receive him today as my personal Savior and Lord. Anybody here that's like that, could I see your hand? Just slip it up, slip it right back down. Anyone? Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Thank you. Anyone else? This is your moment. This is your time. It's a personal thing. Anyone else that will join these two? Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask one more time, then I'm not. I'm going to move on. If I thought begging would help you, I'd beg because it's the greatest thing that could ever happen to you. But I just want to give you another chance to inventory yourself and ask yourself that question. Am I ready today to receive Christ as my Lord? Anyone else that will join these two quickly and then I'm going to move on. Thank you, sir. Okay, look up here at me real quickly. Receiving the Lord as your Savior, as described in the Bible, is very simple. It means this. If you realize you can't save yourself and you realize that Jesus is the Son of God that he came and he lived a sinless life he died a cruel and horrible death but he didn't stay dead approximately 2019 years ago today he walked out of a grave and we celebrate that so if we believe that in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus then our sins are cleansed now we need to follow up with baptism and some things of that nature, but the blood's what cleanses us and saves us, not the water. There are other purposes of the water, and we'll talk about that at some point, but that's the simplicity of receiving Christ. Don't make it difficult. Bow your heads. With that information and that knowledge, there have been three that have raised their hand already. I'm going to ask one more time. Is there someone else? Just say, that's me. I need to do that.